Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So it's been a long time since we've recorded, hasn't it been? We kind of moved from bi-weekly to bi-monthly there, I think. Just a bit, yeah. <laughs> so um, to catch people up, what, what was kind of uh, happened here is I've moved back to New Jersey, which is why I'm actually currently in Steve's house, which is why things are going to sound a little bit different today. It's going to be, we've only got the one audio track, blah, blah, blah. Um, but for the most part, I mean, yeah, this, this might be something we do more often because uh, my current living conditions don't allow for silence very often. So, um, yeah, and today we're just going to do, you know, just a simple episode, you know, catch up like what uh, we've been doing lately. We will keep on the bi-weekly schedule, I think, um, or at least for now, just to make sure, you know, we're good, we're comfortable, get the things going, but... Um, for the most part, as I said, I moved and I'm telecommuting now, so that's actually kind of cool. Ooh, and I've, I've actually, you know, about a, almost a month already living back in Jersey. And you know what? It's, uh, I'm, I'm really content with life right now. It's pretty good. Uh, how about you, Steve? Anything new in the last month? Um, I mean, not too much new lifestyle-wise. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just, uh, just, just, just raising kids, raising kids, making know, sure the wife's happy, working hard. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, lots of diapers. <laughs> I also have the black lung. <coughs> well, as do I. One of the things I've discovered is, and as I was just telling you before we recorded, moving back to Jersey, evidently I have allergies again. It's all the coal mines. It's the, it's the dust the from, from the coal mines of New Jersey. Aren't, aren't the coal mines of Pennsylvania where I was? <laughs> but, of course, obviously we've been doing things other than, uh, you know, Life living. And work and um, eating food. I can tell you what I've eaten every day for the last, <laughs> let's not, last podcast. Let's not do an audio version of Instagram here. <laughs> no, what, um... One of the things that I actually will be talking about more next time, next episode, is Legion... I finally got around to watching the TV show um, on Hulu, and you know what? I think people kind of oversell it. Like, I think you were the one that told me I, Stanley know, I, Kubrick I, and uh, Wes Anderson made a TV show. Yeah, I you know I stand by that, but I can I can maybe see where I haven't I haven't given it a second round yet, but I can maybe see where it's a show that might not hold up as well on the second view. Well, I'm going to be honest. Again, I want to as completely clean it. While I, I don't think it stands to that level of uh, compliment. I do think it is a really well done show. Like honestly, I'm surprised this was on FX. Like I'm really impressed. And evidently, the guy who headed it up uh, heads up the um, Fargo television series. So right. that's a great way for me to get interested in Far the Fargo TV series now because yeah. Legion was just really impressive yeah. um, oh, I think I think in, in, in the year leading up to Legion we got Batman versus Superman we got Suicide <laughs> Squad um, I mean, um, even, are, even, are, are you are, are you trying to make a point that even civil even Civil War and then we got we had Iron Fist it was kind of up against and Civil War was great but Legion was Different, totally different. It was a, it was like a, it was a different take on superheroes and superpowers. It was, and it felt fresh, and it felt like somebody was doing something with superheroes that we hadn't seen before. 
And that was cool, and we should probably save the rest of the conversation for next week. We probably should. Uh, but, I mean, clearly, I liked it a lot. Steve, of course, liked it a lot. We both liked it a lot. And I am curious about going through a second time and seeing if there's stuff you can pick up and learn from, or if it's really... I feel like the show was also, in some ways, a bit more straightforward than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, the first episode is like a total mind-bending, who knows... Like, like what's going on, what's right. real... And then at the very end, it's like, oh, oh, it's actually kind of plain after all. Like, right. And then, and then when you get to episode, I was wondering, well, is, are, are we going to, is this what we're going to see in every episode is multiple perspectives and multiple timelines, but we didn't really get a lot of that. And where we did, it was explicit that we're viewing a memory. It wasn't like you had yeah. to untangle like in the first episode you're really untangling everything there was still sort of a sense of you know what is real but again this is more stuff we can get into in further detail next time so uh, what else have you been watching watching uh anime for the most part, anime for the most part. which you don't you don't anime so there's well, we no had, real point talking about that's, that. that's that's true we, and we had on the other end we had all the season finales of uh agents of shield and all the cw superhero shows Man. Uh, they were they were a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I think I think Arrow really redeemed itself this season. I've heard some people saying that. Yeah, it. Uh, it was, I still don't care. And and Flash was it. It was an uneven season, but where the way they brought it together at the end, they actually did a really good job of weaving some of the themes and some clues throughout the season to sort of make some of the twists and other things actually really obvious in the end when you looked back and from to the first episode. Look, look, look it's me one question. Is Barry Allen still making dumb decisions? Actually, at the end, I think it's... They, everyone else is making dumb decisions now. Barry started making better decisions. But they can't write the TV series without someone making dumb decisions. Yes, I'm still out. I'm done. I'm out. There's, there's. <laughs> I mean, you got you figured you got three speedsters on the show now at least oh, four god. sometimes. Um, oh god, let's because let's... you have you have Flash, you have you have Barry Allen Flash, you have um oh, I can't believe I just forgot his name, uh, Jay Garrick Flash from another Earth, um you have Kid Flash, and you have you're looking at me like you've never heard of Kid Flash. I've actually not heard of Kid Flash. Kid Flash. All right, we're gonna stop talking about this because Chris doesn't know who Kid Flash is. Anyway, <laughs> Agents of Shield. If you're not watching Agents of Shield, you're missing out. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm really no, not. A Agents of <laughs> Shield had that was a that was a great season of television. It was just it was a lot of fun. It was it, it was it, it was a season where you really just did not know what was gonna happen next. All I need to tell you is, around episode, I don't know, it was 12 or 13, a, a an android gets its head chopped off with a shotgun axe. Do you need to know anything else about the show to, I, to I, watch it at this point? I mean... Shotgun axe. I don't care. <laughs> I stopped shotgun, watching for a reason. Shotgun axe. These are shows I stopped watching for a reason. Maybe Shotgun. it's a good season of television Axe. in a when when compared to a season like 
when Fonzie jumped over the shark in Happy Days. Did you hear part about the shotgun axe? I don't care. I've played Gears of War. That stuff doesn't amaze me anymore. It was it was a pretty good decapitation. <laughs> any way you slice it. Get it? <laughs> slice it. Slice it. Oh, slice God. Slice your head off. Uh, uh, so, aside from that, I mean, okay, you, you just spent all this time with this crappy DC television. So I'm going to say, you know what? Yes, I have been watching anime. I've been watching uh, what's called My Hero Academia. It's basically a Japanese sort of take on superheroes, which is interesting because you, you do... The, the biggest issue with it is that because it's anime and because it's Japan, it's got to be kids in high school. You can't just, like, have adults. It's got to be kids in high school. Mm. So it's kids in a superhero high school kind of a deal. But the real catch is the main character. And most of these, like, fighting anime, the main character is something like a... Um, like this super gifted kid. Like he's already good and great and amazing and everything, but he keeps getting stronger and stronger. This kid is not actually a superhero. He does not naturally have like a gift like all the others. But he is granted a power, but it's gotta be in uh, secret. Um I don't want to talk too much about it, but I was hoping he'd be Batman and like be better nah, than everyone else with no superpowers, nah. but it's yeah, I mean, because it's still got to be a fighting anime, and Batman... Well, I mean, yeah, pretend when Batman fights, but... I mean, he sort of does have to Batman it, because he doesn't have full... It's like, basically, Superman gives him, like, a bit of his power, and now he has to... Like, his body needs to learn how to handle Superman's power when he's just a regular mortal. So, he... It's a lot of adaptation, a lot of thinking around the box, because, the like, when he uses his power, it breaks him. So, he's got to be able to, like know when to hold back kind of a thing and no alternate ideas kind of kind of a deal um it moves pretty quickly it's very good and it focuses a lot on all the side characters as well so i've been enjoying it a lot um i've been watching it with my brother and as far as anime go i mean actually what's really most interesting is that you you take the concept of superheroes and instead of vigilantes japan makes it like it's it's a social um I don't want to say social work kind of a thing, but it's like government agencies. Like the government funds the superhero projects, so you are technically a government employee when you're a superhero. It's, it's, so it's sort of like the uh, like in Civil War, like the Sokovia Accords and all of that is. Well, like, what they were trying to is do. like this is what they were trying to write. There's like the the status quo already in, in assumed in Japan. But it's also supposed to be the idea that like seventy percent of humans are all born with an ability. But most of those abilities aren't enough to really become a superhero with. So, no, it's, it's a very interesting show. Um, it, it, because it's Japanese, it has a very interesting take on superheroes, but it's also a better anime, I would say, because it's clearly got inspiration from not like other non-Japanese media. Because mm. one of the issues with anime and video, even Japanese video games can be that they're all kind of referencing themselves. So right. you, there's not that much growth. Um, there's not that much like learning from other cultures kind of a deal. Whereas this, it's clearly got inspiration from other Japanese anime, but you can also see where they pulled in from the American media, especially when it comes to some of the superheroes themselves. Gotcha. So, really good series. Um, but, I mean, what is the one thing that we love most about video games? 
What is the one thing that we love most about video games? Well, I said butt video games. Like, oh, I'm, I'm segueing. Oh, here. You just oh, video games. I get it. But what? What are the things that we love most? But video games. But video games. Ah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I said. I thought you were asking like what we love most about video games. I'm like, uh, agency. Uh. <laughs> no, let's not get into that kind of topic. <laughs> not, not, but uh, I mean, clearly we've both been playing different stuff uh, in the meantime. Oh, actually, I'm starting to play more different stuff again. It took a little bit there. Yeah, I, I'm just finishing up Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, you, you spent money on that? Apparently. <laughs> it's it's actually. What do you not remember the purchase? Were you drunk uh, at the time? Uh, yeah. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's. You had a walk of shame from the GameStop when you like, with the game, <laughs> game in hand. GameStop, you just clicked like <laughs> PSN. Take my money, Sony. So uh, it was a click. It's a click of shame. Click now. Of, the click of shame. The email receipt of shame. Actually, I think it's one of those games. It's obviously everybody loved this year. Everybody loved Horizon Zero Dawn. I also loved Horizon Zero Dawn. Still have not played it. It's it's an interesting interesting comparison with Horizon Zero Dawn because Horizon is a game that integrated a lot of it has a dialogue, very Mass Effectish dialogue wheel, um, where you know different reactions kind of reflect different emotions and takes. Um, but is lack what what Horizon was lacking was the feeling that anything you say in any conversation matters one bit at all. That it will be remembered later down the right, line. Right, exactly. So where Horizon told a really great story with all this depth and um, with some really good twists and mystery and all this other stuff, Mass Effect and but it really didn't give the player any agency oh. in the game other than, you know, just go here, punch this robot with your punchy stuff. Not punchy stuff. Your staff and arrows and... Stabby stuff. Stabby stuff. More stabby stuff than punchy stuff. Um, and, on, you know, just basically be fed all of this stuff. Whereas, you know, Mass Effect, you actually had... It, the story was there was a good story in there somewhere <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there was a good story in there somewhere it was not well told but you have this all, sounds like a, this sounds like you could be talking about the franchise as a whole there was a good story in there somewhere somewhere it, but it was in the first one primarily but 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 your your actions and everything really you feel like your your in your your you know, affecting different things in the story, De depending on you know one mission, who you back. Okay, now they're going to be the leader of the you know outcasts who are like the the sort of the, they rebelled from the first group of settlers that arrived in Andromeda. Mm. So you get to choose who their who their leader is, and depending on your relationship, they might come help you on the last mission, which I was awesome, and everybody came and helped me on the last mission, which I loved. <laughs> Or, you know, to complete a certain side mission, you're going to need to go and develop relationships with all of the different outposts you build and all the leaders of the different outposts. And so there was like, it's all very connected and you, you felt like, oh, this is actually, I, I made a decision here and now because of that decision, I'm getting some different outcome in this other mission. 
but it all felt natural. It, it felt natural and it was good, but it was also the the overarching story just was really it was sort of like that's it. They drop these huge revelations on you towards the end of the game, and with no with no payoff at all. And it was well. When you say that, does it mean like they clearly counted on a sequel, or that they weren't sure if they could get a sequel? So it just kind of okay. Now we're gonna wrap up and boom. Well, for example, they there's in one of the one of the basically the second to last mission, they drop a major bomb about the origin of one of the races that you encounter in Andromeda. And then they're like, oh, well, we have to tell them and we have to talk about this. We have, what are the implications of this? And that's it. That thread gets cut off. <laughs> and that's the last you hear of it. And it's like, this is like earth shattering. Kaboom. Yeah, but it's just, <laughs> and then just the thread dies. And it really, it was, it was an unfinished game. But it was unfinished in a weird way because the combat was fun. And driving your car around your car, your like six-wheel drive. I'm sorry, are we thinking about Final Fantasy XV now? <laughs> Speaking of unfinished games, right. I mean... We'll see, but this is, and again, it's another good comparison. But where, what Mastin, what Andromeda lacked was the narrative punch and the emotion. Whereas I felt like Final Fantasy XV, like it punched you, but it didn't like... You weren't ready for it when it punched you. <laughs> and Andromeda just was all set up and no punch. And then when it did, like, it, it, when it did punch, it just missed. It just hit the wall behind your head. So, when Final Fantasy XV punched you, it was like Fight Club, where you punched him in the ear. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. And Mass Effect Andromeda was like, when somebody punches and they totally miss the guy's head and like hit him with the inside of their elbow or something. It's just more like a, a like really a, weird hug. Yeah, just like a weird hug. And you just don't get anything out of it because it's not a hug and it's not a punch. And what are we trying to do here? Um, this is now very uncomfortable. This is very uncomfortable. Um, so that's Mass Effect Andromeda. Now, what, what, what sale price would you say is good for this game? Well, it's hard to say. I looked at my save and I spent 60 hours on this game. Which is still less than Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, but not by much. What about how many hours did you spend in Horizon Zero Dawn? Not as many. That mm. was more like a 20 something range, third, maybe 30. Um, Honestly, so, after Final Fantasy XV and after Breath of the Wild, I think 20 something sounds about nice again. Yeah, yeah, so. And you, I could have spent more with with uh, with Horizon, but again, I didn't go as deep in the side quest just because I felt like I didn't need I didn't need rewards of weapons or armor or any of that to to get through the game, and it didn't feel like this was having any impact on anything, mm. and so it just kind of. It just felt like you were just killing time. Just killed, right? The, the, some of the, a lot of the side questing just felt like killing time, so I never really went through with it. Um, well, now, a game we're going to have to talk about more later on. That now that I've been playing it is Near Automata. I finally got my hands on it. I got through ending A. I'm in the progress of ending B. 
There's evidently... So you haven't started the game yet? Evidently. Because there's evidently like five different endings. Well, well, real ending. Or main endings. I don't know. Because there's evidently a whole crap ton. I found ending G. Ending oh, yeah. Accidentally. I think I found yeah. that one accidentally, too. Yeah, basically. I, I found a handful of the, the like sort of joke endings accidentally. Um, Essentially, Was ending yeah. G the one where you go the wrong way with 9B, nine, 9S? 9S, yeah. And then you like nines, nines, yeah, yeah, that's funny. You 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 walk the wrong way, and it's like, and he decided to just you know his over his curiosity overcame him, and he did the blah blah blah. Yeah, and then like the credits just speed right on through. Yeah, well, that's what'll happen with with the addition with with any all those little endings they speed through, and then it takes you back to your last save. Um, now that is that game. I I don't have very much negative to say about. Uh, that game, I think, was a masterpiece. What has really been surprising me with Route B, I'm going to call it Route B, I guess you could say, um, is, like, I, I really liked the combat and stuff. Like, it's it's definitely simple for the main game where, where you're playing as 2B. Um, I really like the combat. It, it, it's simple, but it's like, I do the, do you know, you, you do the dodge. You're able to customize your character to the point where, like, I I stopped using healing items because I had heal every time I killed someone, right? And it just auto healed, and so I yeah. I was always always good with health. And yeah, the, the customization options like, are really cool. Yeah, healing items only seem to come into me into play in certain boss fights in the game. Yeah, where you're not getting a lot of hits in, yeah. um, to to generate that, or you don't have like a bunch of mooks around. To, to kill to kill the or again you get still the get the auto heal but the auto heal is slow so you gotta be able to avoid getting right. hit for a while yeah um because some of the enemies do start uh, the bosses do start hitting hard but when you start the second round and you switch to playing 9s he doesn't have like the strong attack so he only has the one weapon but he can hack into enemies and I've been surprised at how much I've really enjoyed doing that. The hacking? Because it seems like a weird, like... It seems like a weird kind of a minigame that you get sick of. But you don't. You don't. Not at all. And it's actually made bosses really interesting. And it's this... I mean, aside from... Because, I mean, I've you played the original Nier, right? Yeah. So you're used to the different endings and you're used to them like... Okay, we're going to give you the story, but we're going to give you something a little bit different this time. You're going to get a, do, a new perspective. You're going to get a new angle. But this makes it like... You're also going to play the game differently. And that that was really cool. I, I agree. That was a really cool touch. So that, that really is... The only reason why I stopped for the time being... Is because... I got a whole bunch of new side quests now. And... I want to do the side quests. But I need a break. Because otherwise I'm going to get burnt out. Because I was really having fun just seeing the story again. Yeah. So you're... Once you have completed endings B and C, you get a... Or maybe you need to complete D. Shoot. I don't remember. Basically, if you... If you want to do all the side quests, you can go through... I think it's D. I think once you get ending D, you unlock a chapter select. And then you can go back to any chapter at any time and clear side quests and find stuff you missed and other stuff, which is kind of what I did, but then I never ended up going back after mm. I got ending E. But there's like two ending E's. There's like EA, E1, and E2. 
Yeah, I heard something about that. So it, it it's at least better than what was it like the third ending for Nier? You had to get all the weapons. Yeah, there's nothing. Well, there's there's a. Have you run into? Well, you've run into a mule. Yes, and he's got different weapons too. Right. So there is a like a secret side quest involving a meal and in order to complete that you'll need to get every weapon and upgrade every weapon to max oh i haven't done that yet why do they do these things i have to make you really really dedicated so i'm probably going to be working on this game for a while because as a break i decided to switch over to darksiders uh war mastered edition Ooh. now i've already played darksiders before but I've been. I kind of wanted to play them again, anyway, just to go back and replay the Darksiders games. And a buddy of mine just recently went through two, and then it went back to one. And it's like, you know what? I, I just want to. I want to get back into it. I want to play it again. And so much about the game is great, except I hate the camera. It's not that it's a particularly bad camera. It's just that it's like an incomplete camera. Mm. It doesn't always look where I want it to look. It seems limited in certain certain areas. And I can't find the option for me to adjust how fast the camera turns. Because it seems to spin really slowly around when I want to look at something. That's about the biggest complaint I have. The camera's a little slow. The camera's... Yeah, the camera's kind of crappy. But otherwise, it's actually... Like, I'm on this second main dungeon. And from what I remember, I already know that they're, they're going to change things up. Like... Right. When the game first came out, people were like, oh, it's God of War meets Zelda, and they viewed that as a negative. Yeah. Whereas you can have a game like Shadow Complex, which is Super Metroid all over again, and people are just like, oh, yeah, man, this is great. And it's, okay, you, 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 you jerks. But, <laughs> I mean, to, to really simplify Darksiders as, you know, Zelda meets God of War, if anything, the combat feels a little bit more like a very simplified Devil May Cry. Yeah, that's true. Um, it well, does feel more like a hack and slash like that manner. I, I think the one thing Darksiders had kind of going and working against it was the sort of Todd McFarlane look oh. that everything had. And, and Joe Matarera. I yeah. think that's how you say it. Joe Matt is how you shorten it. Oh, yeah, right, right. That's that, yeah. But it, it sort of it, it had this, I think for some people... It was it, it reminded you of that sort of '90s exaggerated comic book aesthetic. Yeah, and and you know what? I'm sorry. I actually like the art style, but I, I do too. I think it works for what it is. But at the same time, it also what came out shortly before things like the um, the feminist frequency series. Mm-hmm. So it's coming out of the time when people are already starting to backlash against the uh, machismo angle of video games and right. The art style is very much machismo. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things where, like, I can't imagine going back and reading 90s X-Men comics with the art swapped out for, you know, like a more a more modern, realistic look. It just... Or, you know, or properly proportioned people. Like, it just... I, <laughs> you know, like... The whole, you know, like cable and time travel. And, oh, cable's uh, got to be just yeah, huge. Like, it's got to be huge. He's cable. Exactly. Like these these characters, like they just don't make sense if they're not ridiculous. We're gonna have to see him at some. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Josh Brolin is a pretty strong looking guy, but Josh Brolin 
Because he's going to be the new cable. Right. Deadpool he's too. They're going to have to put him in some serious platform shoes because he's not as tall as Ryan Reynolds. And he needs to make Ryan Reynolds like look like a look, man, puny ant. In a world where, firstly, Tom Cruise is always made to look taller than he is. And in a world where Lord of the Rings was filmed. I mean, come on. We have the technology. We have the ability. The, 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 the twist is going to be that he's actually a CGI character. Gee, oh god, like Colossus. Um, <laughs> and Deadpool can make a joke. We afford, we can afford two CGI characters for yeah. this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been really enjoying uh, Dark Siders again. It's a really game, and it does, you know, it does Zelda well enough. But I have, after playing more of the 3D Zelda games and then playing Dark Siders, it feels a bit. The dungeons in Dark Siders feel a bit more kind of rambling like it's hard to really describe because in zelda there's always like a return to central chambers like it always feels like it's a place that connects to itself um then you always feel like you understand how you're working towards something darksiders in a lot of ways i feel like i'm just going you're going from, from room door to room, door, room, room solving to room. puzzle to puzzle and then and it's because yeah. it's not like especially if you watch a like game makers toolkit um it has a really good uh Zelda dungeon design series right now, and I'm curious what he would say about the Darksiders series, because it's like there there are times where things feel kind of like tangents, like oh this door is locked, so you need to go all the way over here, and you might even forget why you're all of a sudden fighting all these giant monsters and killing all this stuff, and then it's like oh yeah I, I was doing this for a key, I guess. That goes back to this door all the way yeah. on the other side of the world. I mean, it just kind of feels like you're following the path. Mm. Where, whereas, like, before... And, and that's the thing. Like, even when I first played, it's like, the combat's not as good as Devil May Cry. The dungeons aren't as good as Zelda. But what it does is its own kind of a thing. But that's, a, that's part of the key is, after the second dungeon, I know the third dungeon does not follow your typical kind of Zelda formula. And even the second one's kind of throwing in um, just the, the the way they ha have the enemy, like the, the big dungeon boss. Like, you never see the dungeon boss in a Zelda game, except for Twilight Princess, they do it the one time. I know. Mm. Wind Waker, they also do it on Dragon Roost Island. So, right. once in a while, you will... Okay, actually, Wind Waker does it a couple of times. So, But it's not, it's not a common... Yeah, I haven't played a ton of Zelda games, so I. Uh... Well, that's the funny thing. This this the past couple of years on the Wii U is where I've really started to catch up. Like I've finally beaten Ocarina of Time on 3DS, beat Wind Waker HD, and I beat Twilight Princess HD. Skyward Sword will be next, but uh... but that's the thing. Like um, they they make sure you see Tiamat as you go through the first dungeon, and now the uh, what is it? The Griever, I think it's called. And the second dungeon is constantly tormenting oh, yeah. you in some different way. So, the third dungeon, I believe, is the one in the desert where you're going to get your horse. And that one is very different from the Zelda formula. Yeah. So, they break, unlike the Zelda games where people were complaining about the formula, Darksiders, I know, is going to switch it up and it's going to yeah. feel different. I, I uh, yeah, I, I, should, I could go back and revisit those. I, I really enjoyed uh, that. But and if what? you get the Fury uh, collection. You could get both games for twenty bucks. Yes, and it'd be money better spent than money spent on Mass Effect and Andromeda. 
probably. Well, I, I can't. It's funny because I can't hate the game. Like, I, like I said, I spent I've spent sixty hours on the game, and I just can't. I can't hate it. Like, I feel like a lot of people. It's what it is. A lot of people hate it just because they want to hate it. It's. It's better than the ending to Mass Effect Three. <laughs> but what about the rest of Mass Effect Three? See, there, there you go. There you go. It's better than Dragon Age Inquisition. Ooh, that was fighting words. <laughs> and I, I mean, I've never played through Inquisition, so I won't really be able to tell you. But I still feel like them's well, fighting words. Those are, yeah. The the one thing I will I will say, go back to Andromeda, and then I'll I'll, yeah, I'll close it up with what I'm looking forward to. Um, they really, and you guys knew you couldn't get through this. Without, without this comparison. They really took notes from The Witcher 3. Um, the side quests feel deep. They feel important. A lot of them feel like, you're like, is this a is this a, is this a main quest? Is this connected to the main quest? Which side quest. A lot of them, not all of them, which was a big thing I loved about The Witcher. Um, the one thing that I think was hilarious that they, that they kind of aped from The Witcher is that um, Ryder, the main character has a lot more hookup opportunities than Shepard ever had. Yeah, I've heard about that. That you can just like it's like, like they pulled a Saints Row where you can kind of bang just about anyone on the ship. Yeah, it's just like and well, not just not just that, but like random people. Like there's the chick that remember how in Mass Effect you could always punch the chick that like the news chick the that reporter comes to chick? you, the reporter. Yeah, I always loved punching her. <laughs> well, God apparently. Damn. <laughs> I'm sorry, but so now they they switched it up, so you know you can you can get it on with the the reporter. So basically, I guess I guess that's. You but know. can you can you still punch the reporter if you want to? No. See, she's much nicer. See that that that's that's not giving me the agency I want. I want to be able to do A or B. And is that really a step in the right direction? Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so what I'm looking forward to, which will be a nice after, you know, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, near Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, what's well, going to be a nice palate cleanser for me leading up to Destiny 2 is... Oh, yeah. I, you pre-ordered, right? Beta. So we're going to do the beta. Beta. Um, so... We gotta figure out a night we're actually playing now. Yeah, right? Uh, seriously. Every night? Just kidding, Mike. Mike will kill me. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, uh, Life is Strange is free on PSN. Do you bring PSN. that up instead of Killing Floor 2? Speaking of games we need to play now? I need a palate cleanser. That's a, that's a palate. Life is a... a Killing Floor 2 is a palate cleanser. You just cleanse with blood. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well that might be that might be fun too. My other little my fun little thing I'm playing with my son is uh, Marvel Heroes Omega. It's like a I've heard of the Marvel Hero game. What platform is it? Is it a it's PS4? A, it's PS it's like a port it's a PS4 port of a mobile game. Mm. And it's it's trash. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's fun and it's especially fun. it's like Diablo. It's a Diablo style. Okay. Except for what the the sort of thing that makes it stand out 
is that they've got pretty much every Marvel character you could ask for. Um, X-Men, Avengers, I've never seen the Inhumans around a lot. Um, you know, well, once, um, once the TV shows up. Yeah, they'll, they'll, add a pack, they'll add like a, a pack for that or something. But anyway, big selection of characters. Everybody has unique powers and unique strategies. Um, so like, you know, if you have... So my son loves Black Panther, so my, our favorite team-up is Cyclops and Black Panther, because I love Cyclops. You can hate me if you want. I do. Uh, uh, so... I always thought Cyclops was better than Wolverine on the uh, X-Men show in the 90s, because it's true. The truth is that every character was better than both Cyclops and Wolverine. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, and so, like, for example, like, uh, for some reason I was using, I used Angela. You know Angela? She was, like, an image comic character, that I think, that made its way to Marvel, or not I don't know. She's no. an angel. But it turns out she's actually... Marvel integrated her somehow. That actually does sound like... And by making her the half, the half daughter of Odin. Or some... Anyway. But so, for most characters, as you use your special abilities, you use spirit, which goes down. But with Angela, you have to, like, attack. And I'm sure there's other characters like this. You have to attack first, which charges up like a rage meter, and then once the rage meter is charged, you can use special. So there's actually like, there's strategy and there's nuance, and you know, if you're Cyclops, you're going to get clobbered in close combat. If you're Black Panther, you're kind of useless in distance combat, kind of thing, where they, they made it, there's actually, it's fun. It's trash, but it's fun. You get to allow your son to get like in people's faces. As Black Panther. And I just stand back You there. just pick them off from a distance. So what you're teaching your son is that your father, his father is a coward. Strategist. <laughs> his father is a strategist. Coward. Which, by the way, of Marvel team-ups that will never happen, I actually always thought Black Panther and Cyclops would be a good team. But it's definitely not going to happen until... Uh, Fox is losing too much money on right, the X-Men. Right. Well, even in the comic books, the real Cyclops is dead now, so... Spoilers. He's been dead for like a year. Oh, that means he's coming back. Well, there's there's time displaced sixteen year old Cyclops. Oh God! See, they did it. They no, did, no, 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 no. That's I'm that's. Gonna, I'm, I'm done. Gonna you, I'm, no, I don't want to. I want to tell you why they did it. Why? Because they yeah. did it because because of all the dumb stuff that real Cyclops has done. Like so, in the eighties, he. You know, after Jean Grey died, he went and married Madeline Pryor because she looked exactly like Jean Grey. Then, the, then he had a son with Madeline Pryor. Then he left her and his son when Jean Grey turned out to be really alive. Then, when Jean Grey died again, he's like making out with Emma Frost on her grave. Like, come on, dude. Like, what is your problem? So what they did... Oh, can you, can't that and, be where it ends? And, and then, oh, then he killed Professor X. Don't forget about that. So what they did is they were like, listen, this we have taken this great character and we have just ruined it. I'm sorry, if he was bad since the 80s, at what point was he a great character? Well, he was great when he wasn't doing all that bad stuff. So before you were able to actually enjoy X-Men... 
Well, but I've read I've read most of the run from the '70s through the '80s, a lot most of the '90s, a lot of the like the new X Men run where lots of where he's an idiot most of the time. But anyway, all that aside, what they've done is said, okay, we got we hit the reset button, and now we've got 16 year old Cyclops who has all this potential and none of this baggage, and then we can maybe make people like Cyclops again, because this is not the Cyclops that left his wife and child. And that everyone hated. And everyone hated and murdered Professor X. And what was the Phoenix Force? You really can't blame the guy. Jeez. And then basically just became Magneto. Anyway, we're totally off topic here. You're so, totally off topic. I tried to get you to stop. So you talked about anime for like 20 minutes. So. <laughs> that was only after you talked about a thing. A thing. DC, there we go. We should wrap it up though. What's your, what are your closing thoughts? My closing thoughts are, I just realized by the time we do next episode, we might want to actually cover E3. E3? What's that? So we might want to... Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's where they talk about video games and stuff. Alright, so we gotta talk about... We got E3, we gotta talk about... Legion. Legion, we gotta talk about Nier. When I actually eventually finish it, which might not be for a while. Which, once you finish Nier, I think we're gonna actually have to have... We're gonna have to take some time off for other topics and just talk about Nier every week for what he said, every other six week. months six or every other week for about six months or so really this is a good idea this is a good idea um have you seen guardians of the galaxy 2 yet not yet the heck man it's gonna be out of theaters i'm probably gonna see wonder woman before i see guardians of the galaxy 2 people have been saying good about that but uh i don't know i i don't trust dc so i'm gonna wait yeah. until it's I'm, free until it's free until it's free on hbo yeah just grab it off pirate bay no. uh so, so yeah, E3. So, if you're listening to this right now, we've got lots of great stuff coming up. What, what, what games? Have you, you bought The Witcher 3, didn't you? I did finally buy The Witcher 3. Did you start playing it? I have not, because I've been playing Nier instead. But how, how are you going to compare every other game ever to The Witcher 3 <laughs> if you don't even play The Witcher 3? Because once we've both played The Witcher 3, this podcast will become nothing but... The Witcher 3 versus, and then we compare it to whatever other game. That sounds like a good podcast. It sounds like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell. Yeah. All right, everyone, thanks for listening, and have a good night. Have a good night.